All right, friends, you're about to listen to the first interview that I conducted for the Half Hippie podcast and the very first episode that I attempted to edit on my own. That being said, the audio is a little wonky. It's not as great as I want it to be. So I'm going to thank you for your patience, but I also want to let you know the conversation was so good and authentic, and I didn't want to have to re-record. I really think you're going to enjoy this one. It is fabulous. Here it is, my very first interview for the Half Hippie Podcast. Welcome to the Half Hippie Podcast. I have a very special guest today. She is a mom, a yoga teacher, a recovery advocate, and I swear whenever I hang out with her, I just want to be cooler and I want to do exactly what she tells me. I don't know what it is, (laughs) but that's what she brings out in me. She is the owner of Rise With Recovery, where she's a self-care strategist for loved ones of those recovering from addiction. It's so cool. We all know we need to do better self-care and what she does is help you find the best self-care for you and some strategies to actually do it. We're going to talk about all of that and some of her hippie roots. I'm so honored to introduce you to Leslie McNabb. You're listening to the Half Hippie Podcast with Tara Milo. I'm a half hippie, half princess, cat mom, city girl, introvert, and entrepreneur. I don't fit into a box, and you don't either, but I'm committed to making the world a better place through my lifestyle and my business. I love talking about sustainability because I know that you can make a positive difference without giving up the things you love. Here on the Half Hippie Podcast, we're talking about sustainability and entrepreneurship. We'll share stories about what makes us all half hippie and what our other half does to make a positive impact in the world. Let's go. And you're my first interview. (laughs) Thank you. Uh You still have your podcast? I do. I'm taking a break because I did like a season one. Okay. I'm planning season two. (laughs) Okay. Good. People can still listen, right? Right. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. Mine kind of started just on a whim. Like somebody said, why don't you two go live? And it was, you know, me and another spouse of recovery. And, and then it turned into like, well, now I want to be on your show or I want to go live with you. And so that's kind of how it evolved. Yeah. I didn't really have like the beginning planning of it or anything like that. So, right. Which is good though. I need that. Sometimes I can get stuck in planning. Yeah. And that's the best way is if people request the thing then you know people want it instead of creating something and hoping they want it. If they ask you for it, that's even better. Right. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you so much for being here with me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, We've been friends for a long time. (laughs) And we kind of took a similar journey and then a slightly different (laughs) journey. (laughs) One of us moved out of the country. (laughs) The other one just like lived vicariously through that. (laughs) Yes, I hear that a lot. (laughs) I think we have similar hippie roots and just a consciousness of the planet and of other people and how we want to live. 
So what do you think a hippie means? What does that mean to you? Well, I think automatically of like peace, love, happiness. I think of like freedom and music and just kind of like living by, you know, by nature and not giving too much care about other things. I don't know. I mean, like caring, but not too much. I don't know. Yeah. There's not a lot of material possessions, maybe. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still vegan? Vegan-ish? Yeah. I I usually say plant-based. Yeah. Um, It's less threatening. (laughs) Yeah. I think, and I think, you know, people who are just, who are vegan for like certain reasons, I'll eat honey. Or if I'm traveling in Seattle and I'm on a boat and we catch salmon, you know, like I'm going to try the salmon. Yeah. I'm not like super rigid in that. Yeah. I'm the same. So I usually say vegan-ish, but plant-based is better because we need some flexibility and we're not so fundamentalist about it. Right. The like the halftime part, right? (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. We're all doing our best. Chill out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, I really love just the, the kind, the, the rooted kindness of hippies and, Mm. um, just that, like, I really admire the, like, what's the most natural way to do this? Mm. Like the least intrusive for the planet, like you said, for others or, um, you know, animals. So like, what's the simplest way I can go about achieving whatever? Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly it. It's exactly it. Oh, so beautiful. When did you first like start identifying as a hippie or admiring hippies? Middle school, probably. So um, I'm, I was born in the late seventies. So we're talking like early nineties. I don't know. It seems like it's like a rite of passage that when you're that age, you start learning about like the the sixties and the (laughs) seventies, start learning more history, you know, seeing pictures of my parents who do not consider themselves hippies at all. Um, You know, my mom would always say like, not everybody was doing that. Like Woodstock was not like, you didn't see it everywhere. Cause you know, we're in Ohio. And so that's pretty far away from, yeah. from all that. But at the same time, um, I have a relative who uh, was a conscientious objector to Vietnam war. And so like, I think that's part of it. And just like, Oh, you can question things. You can question like the status quo and what everybody else is doing. And I think that really appealed to me too. Just like, oh wait, everybody loves this thing. Do I, (laughs) like, maybe I don't want to love it. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. That is when we learn about identities, right? When we're in middle school-ish and we Mm -hmm. think about who we want to be in the world. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I think you mentioned the wonder years. Oh my goodness. Who was it? The girl, Winnie. So Karen is the Ah. older sister. 
character. So the main character is Kevin and his older sister is, she's definitely a hippie. She's just like peace and love and her, you know, questions the government and the Vietnam War. And she's always coming or going. She's in like a VW bus all the time with her, you know, (laughs) with her boyfriend. And I don't know, she had this, you know, she was just such a strong female character and like seeing her I was like wow and she had a wedding where everybody was out in the backyard holding hands in a circle you know so it's just very simple and very sweet I love the wonder years and I really loved her (laughs) that's so cute oh I love that I think I remember seeing clips of her and she is like the stereotypical hippie that's so cool yeah she totally is (laughs) <laughs> um, music. I love music. Just the music from that time as well. It was very like activist and yeah, just people kind of going against the, what was before. And so music is a big part of it too. What's your favorite hippie thing that you do or like your favorite stereotypical hippie thing? I love being barefoot. I know you said like I do not not necessarily you right no no that's not part of your (laughs) um I didn't used to but um after I had my kids I was having a lot of back issues and I noticed I was wearing slippers a lot and I was like grasping my toes to hold on to the slippers a lot um and so I remember like just reading somewhere about being barefoot. And then like after that, which did help my back, I noticed that helped a lot. Um, but then I started reading more about being barefoot and like how grounding it can be. And, um, you know, if you like get your foot in on the grass or the, or the dirt or whatever, like you can just help bring you down to earth. Um, and so that, that's probably my favorite thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. I've heard that that's a good remedy for, um, for when you travel and you have jet lag to walk barefoot when you land and that brings you grounded to where you are, which is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear my story about the foot bucket? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the first time I went surfing here in Portugal, I have like a a phobia of like bare feet in public places, but I went surfing and you, you get your suit on at this shop and then you walk across the street and then you walk across the beach and you get in the water. And then when you come back, you walk across the sand and you're barefoot the whole time because there's nowhere to put your shoes or flip-flops or anything. And then you get back to the shop and there's a bucket of water that you're supposed, I'm going to throw up. There's a bucket of water that you're supposed to step into to wash your feet off before you walk in the store. And it took me a minute to like, like deep breathing. Like, how am I going to stand in this bucket that everyone else had their bare feet in? And now my bare feet. Oh my gosh, I did it, but it was rough. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell it's still it's stuck with you. That's pretty gross that everybody is putting their feet in there. Like, mm, can we put some fresh water in there? <laughs> Just a little hose. Maybe we can all spray, but no, there's a foot bucket. 
Oh my. <laughs> so that's like the ultimate barefoot experience. There are, there's a middle ground that probably you have achieved <laughs> where you could be barefoot peacefully without standing in a bucket of everyone's bare feet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, like I'm not barefoot all the time. So, you know, I like having clean feet and there's that line. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cute though, that that's your favorite thing about being hippie. I love that. <laughs> yeah. What do you do that's definitely not hippie? The whole like just releasing all your inhibitions. Like I'm way too much of a planner and I've never done an illegal substance before. And (laughs) I don't even like the legal substances. I'm like more like natural, find a natural way to, you know, find your high. But so, yeah, I would say like that stereotype is not me at all. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. I'm way more of the one who's taking care of others, which I know we're going to talk about later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. We've gotten ourselves in that kind of situation. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Tell me about your work and mm-hmm. how you kind of infuse like sustainability or this hippiness into your work. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I'm a self-care strategist and uh, yoga instructor which you have to be barefoot for usually. Uh, There are some people who wear their socks. That's fine too. At Rise With Recovery, which is self-care support community for loved ones of those in recovery from addiction. My partner that I've been with for almost five years now struggled with addiction for many years. And when he entered, which was a very chaotic time. First of all, I'm just going to say like, it was just very unstable. Like I didn't, I was just very worried about the future and, you know, everything like worried for him. And so it was just a lot of like chaos at that time, but you know, I was like, I need to help him and I can, you know, we can fix this and all of that. But when he entered treatment and, and chose recovery, I realized that I really need to refocus on me and my self-care recovery because when I'm trying to support other him or others, just, you know, be a mom that I needed to come from a place where I was grounded, where I've taken care of myself as best I can so that I can be stronger and more supportive for whatever comes in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, um, what I do now or, you know, how it was rooted. And so then through my self-care recovery, you know, I was also during this time, even though it was chaotic, I was getting my yoga teacher training license or certificate. So I was learning all these tools, these ancient tools of yoga to ground myself, to feel more relaxed, to feel in my body, because sometimes when you're experiencing trauma, chaos, you might feel just outside of your body. You're like, you're floating around and can't get grounded. So they were really the tools that I focused on as well as other things. At the beginning of this year, 2020, I decided that I had the experience and the knowledge and the tools that I could share with other people that really helped me through that time and helped me in my own self-care recovery and to realize like my own self worth and care is 
is super important. It needs to come first so that I can be helpful to others and to give back and to, you know, be an activist or whatever, be an ally. So, so yeah, that's kind of how it it started. And as far as what hippie parts do I bring to it? Well, like I said before, I really like the natural remedies or healing for anything. Now I'm not against medication. If people need to take medication, I believe in that. I believe in science, but I also think that sometimes we're always trying to have a quick fix for things. And sometimes if we can go back to our roots or the ancient wisdom, like I said, and I think that's part of being a hippie too. Like there have been things that have been around for thousands of years that have been effective for people. Um, And so just kind of rooting back into those um, can be really supportive for our self-care. Yeah, that's fantastic. That is a really good connection to what you do to help people stay connected to who they are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. reconnect because it can really feel, yeah, you can feel so disconnected. You know, when I finally realized, like kind of made that conscious decision that I had to put myself first, you know, I was like, what does that even mean? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Do I even, what's helpful for me? That self-care is so important because The addiction isn't usually just about the substance. It's about why the substance. So there's just so much that's going on deeper Mm -hmm. and you get pulled into that and it affects you in ways that you would never imagine. Then you just get smaller and smaller and smaller and through self-care and through connecting with yourself, you kind of, you're able to come back to who you are in your own life. So that's really, really important work because to be the other person is difficult. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So the person who's struggling with addiction, I mean, I hear all the time they say, you know, like the gateway drug is trauma for them. So like they've experienced something traumatic most likely in their life and that's how they're coping. And then it causes more trauma for the people around. And it's like this circle that just keeps, you know, like this ripple effect of trauma and instability that, that can happen for the loved ones. And, um, there's a lot of resources out there for the people who are experiencing addiction. So I don't think there's that many, which I'm learning more, like the more I do this work and I'm connecting with others, there are people out there who are offering services to loved ones, which is really exciting to me, but I really had to do some digging. So it's not like front and center, but yeah, absolutely. So when you're the loved one, you're kind of like walking on eggshells. Like I want to make sure the environment is okay for them. So they're not upset and that leads to use. And so, yeah, like you said, that's that, um, silencing and that kind of like shrinking of yourself. So how is what you do different from what other people do? Yeah. So I participated in some 12 step groups early on, you know, a few years ago, more than, than now. Um, and I went there with the intention of, you know, like, I'm going to help him. What do I need to do for him? And they really taught me like, nope, this is about you. (laughs) So, and so they really preach self-care 
so then I had these other tools, the, you know, the yoga and wellness. I, you know, that I've loved wellness for a long time. Um, and, and so I was like, okay, so I can take these tools of self-care and bring those to others because this group is saying, make sure you're doing self-care. So what does that look like for people? And so I'm providing the tools. Other people also will help you with maybe communication with your the person who's in active addiction. A lot of people that I've met are working with people with loved ones of people who are in active addiction. And so I really wanted to focus on the recovery piece because when your loved one is in active addiction, you know, you're thinking like, if I can only get them in treatment or get them in recovery, you know, like then we'll be okay. Then it's going to be okay. But really that's like the start. (laughs) So then your loved one is learning how to live again without substances. And it's a lot of rebuilding. And so it's a lifetime, just like they're going to be in recovery for a lifetime. Like you are too, your self-care is a lifetime thing as well. It's not like a quick fix. Right. So they learn that they need to do self-care, but then you help them figure out exactly what to do. I love it that you are offering those 15 minute boost your self-care sessions for people where you talk to them specifically about what would help them in their self-care routine. And I'm going to link to that so people can sign up for that free session with you because that's incredible that you're offering that for people especially right now, I think we could all use a little more self-care. Yeah. So because it's self-care, it's really personal. And so I'm not going to just tell you to go for a walk and that's going to work for you. Like that's not necessarily how self-care works. So I like to talk with people and strategize like what feeling do you want? Um, Where are you right now with your self-care? What would you like to feel in the future? That's great. That's so generous of you to work one-on-one with people to find out the best self-care for them. Yeah. Thanks. Well, that's like, that's the most important part. And I really want this to feel like a community because when you're in a situation of chaos or instability, like you feel alone. And so I want people to know that they're not alone and that they have support. Yeah, that's cool. Do you do mostly group programs or one-on-one work? Mostly group. So my course is Essential Self-Care and Resilience, and that's an eight-week course. But within that, we also have um, the option for individualized coaching Mm -hmm. and um, group meetings via Zoom, of course, uh, or, you know, however, what other platform, but, um, or you can meet with other people and talk with them and share experiences and share ideas. So it really kind of has all the elements of you can work on your own at your own pace. You can get, you know, whatever level of support that you need. I love it that it's a group because when you're with someone who's in recovery, you don't want to put your stuff on them and give them an extra thing to deal with. So having another group 
to talk about that with, I think would be so helpful for people. That's really cool. Yeah. One of my clients said recently, it was so wonderful to hear because it's exactly what um, I remember experiencing. Like she said, I'm growing stronger myself. He's growing stronger his himself. And then we're growing stronger together. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you know, each individually do your work and then come together stronger. Oof, that's perfect. So what's your happy place? Hmm. What's my happy place? Yeah. Uh, my house. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very much an introvert. Yeah. I was going to say we're both introvert and we're both like, (laughs) while others have, you know, struggled being at home during quarantine this past year, like it, I have really thrived. You know, I miss my loved ones. I miss like giving my mom a hug. She's not that far away from me, but I don't get to give her a hug. Um, but you know, like the ability to be at home and like start my day off slowly and have my tea at arm's length or, you know, get a blanket if I'm cold, you know, just, I love that. I love being able to like turn the camera off and then I'm not there anymore. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I was just looking around recently last year, I spent a lot of time before like COVID was even a thing that I knew about um, kind of redecorating my house. And I've always kind of had this feeling of like, oh, I'm not going to stay here forever. I'm going to move when my kids move out. So I never really was making it my home, mm. but my kids are going to be in school for another like seven years. I'm going to live here for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make this my home that I really enjoy. And I love the spaces. So I really created these little spaces within my home and decorated it to how I like it. And so, yeah, it's my happy place. That's awesome. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's so cute. Mm -hmm. I have three questions I'm going to ask all of my guests, I think. What frustrates you about the sustainability movement? I feel like we are lacking true leadership in Mm -hmm. that, you know, that if, you know, we had really strong voices that, you know, agreed and came together and like, this is what needs to happen for the future of our kids and further generations. You know, we have some young voices who are really starting to speak up, which is exciting. If I just had to name one thing, it's really like that true leadership. Mm -hmm. Like adult leadership. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be the kid's job, man. (laughs) I know. I know. It's true. Like they see it. Yeah. We need to support them and be the foundation for that. Yeah. What's something that you wish you were doing better for the planet? Mm, (laughs) Wish I was doing better right now. It's probably cooking because, you know, I'm plant-based. I feel like I eat pretty healthy, but I kind of stick to the same things all the time. So, and more comfort foods lately. So yeah, probably cooking or I, gosh, I really want somebody to like meal prep for me and just, (laughs) yeah, I know it gets tiring to cook every day. (laughs) 
it does to make that choice and to like, oh, goodness. Yeah. But I feel good after it. Every time I do it, it's just like, yeah. it's, I think it's the time of day too, that you have to like cooking dinner. <laughs> right. Like, I'm tired after this long day. Exactly. Yeah. And there's the decision fatigue. It's the end of the day. I can't make one more decision about what to have for dinner. Right. Oh, that's true. Are you optimistic about the future, about sustainability, about the planet, all of that? I am. Good. Wow. <laughs> Tell me. I think there's a, a rising of voices. I think people have woken up more than ever in the last few years. I think we still have a long way to go. I'm in the United States, so we have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. But I feel like people are becoming more vocal about it and we are going to have new leadership here soon, which doesn't fix everything. There's still a ton of work to do there, but I think the people are starting to speak up and say what they, that they need. And I'm just hoping the leadership follows that. Good. Okay. I like that. (laughs) That makes me feel more optimistic. I'm not very optimistic, which is why I'm asking that question of everyone, because I think most people are more optimistic than me. (laughs) You know, I read about like certain technologies that I never even thought about. Um, What is the one, like something that I don't know. I can't, I'm not a scientist, but I can't explain it, but it's something like this technology that takes the pollution and like eats the pollution. And yeah. And I'm like, I never, ever would have thought of that. Like, I'm more of like, let's prevent it. Let's stop it. But you could do both. If you could do both. Great. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's true. Okay, good. So there's hope in new technology and things that are coming out undo some of the stuff we've done and an awareness that people will start doing a little bit more. Okay. But I understand like, it's easy to be like, there's, oh yeah, you're right. Okay. But that does give me a little bit of hope. I love your energy. You're so like calming and chill and yeah. Thank you. I worked really hard at it. It's not it didn't come naturally. I don't think it's something that I really had to practice. Hmm. Okay. I've always liked your energy. So (laughs) thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't she fantastic? I hope you loved that conversation as much as I did. And I hope you're feeling a lot more calm and that you'll dive into some really good self-care because we all need it. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Leslie for joining me and I'll catch you next time.